Morning, everyone. If you haven't met before, my name's Nigel, and uh, I've, this is my third time preaching here this, this year. And uh, so a little bit about me. So um, I'm married to Fiona, and uh, we've been married now for, oh, we got married in 2006, so this is our 14th year of marriage. And uh, we've got three kids, Grace, who's 12, Chloe, who's 10, and Byron, who's five. And uh, I, I work for an organisation called Crew. So we do, Crew is a Christian organisation who supports essentially ministry in private Christian schools. So we currently support 210 schools around Sydney and half hours drive of Sydney, making sure there are Christian lunchtime groups going. That's what I do each, each week, visiting lots of schools. And uh, the reason I'm here today is because uh, Craig's a friend of mine from college days, a little while ago. And uh, um, I live close and he uh, gives me opportunity and I'd love to have the opportunity to come along and to preach. So today we're going to be looking at the cost of following Jesus. Now, uh, there's a tennis player, I'm sure you've all heard of him. Uh, ooh, ooh, we've got this is amazing grace. I wonder where my... Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, he's getting my slides up. Here we go. Um, but anyway, it's a, it, the picture will come up. There was a famous tennis player, I'm sure you've all heard of him, John McEnroe. He used to always have that rant, you cannot be serious, the ball was out. And he'd always go into a rant, when, and it was, he'd actually do it, research showed whenever he was losing, he would do it to, to I suppose, to psych out his, um, the umpire, but also to distract his, um, his competitor. And But he used to say this all the time, you cannot be serious. And uh, and for us today, when it comes to this Bible passage, let me say, as I was preparing this talk, in my head I was thinking, you cannot be serious, Jesus. You cannot be serious to expect us to live this way, to have to put this into practice, to, to love our, to love you more than our family, to love you more than our life, to be willing to give up everything for you. You cannot be serious. This Bible passage today, it's hard hitting. Um, it's going to cause us to have to sit, da- sit back and evaluate our lives. Have we counted the cost? Do we love Jesus more than anything? You can't sit on the fence with this. This is a tough teaching. And, and so this sermon is more, has, has really hit me this week as I've, been, as I've been looking at it. So this sermon is as much for me as it is for you. I've, it's actually been a joy to actually sit down and have to work through this. And I hope today will be just as hard-hitting for you. Let me pray and ask God to help us as we look at this difficult little passage. Loving Father, we pray now this morning that you'll help me to be able to explain and point out this key and challenging teaching that Jesus gave so many years ago. Help us to consider whether we've counted the cost. Help us to be willing to put what Jesus says into practice in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our, our, oops, our passage starts off in um, Luke 14 with it's saying, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Large crowds were traveling with him. There were lots of people. Jesus was very popular. Large crowds were coming from all around the place. And it wouldn't, and, and that's kind of what we would like too at church. Wouldn't we love to have large crowds, this building packed out, so full that maybe you've got to start up new services? But that's not what Jesus was on about. Jesus wasn't about large crowds. Jesus was about followers, not fans. Jesus was about recruits, not spectators. He was about people being committed, not being merely curious. For Jesus, he wanted people who were committed to following him, not treating following him like a hobby, like stamp collecting or, or a special interest, like maybe rowing, having, a, having a sailing boat and going out on that. No, Jesus wants people who were willing to give up their whole life to follow him. 
Luke says that these crowds were following Jesus. And notice, they're not antagonistic towards him. They, they, they like him. They want to hang out with him. But Jesus, he's not just interested in people coming along to listen to him. He wants commitment. And it's costly commitment. And so the first thing Jesus said to these crowds who are following him, he says, love me more than your family. The first big cost we have to make as a follower of Jesus is we need to be willing to love Jesus more than our family, more than anyone else. Look what he says there. Verse 25, he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Did you hear that? Easy. What a costly thing Jesus is saying. Saying, so if you love your, if you love your family, you're to love me more. It should be so evident that you love Jesus so much more that when people look at your life, they say, your love for Jesus in comparison to your love for your family, they say, oh, you hate your family. Because you love Jesus so much more. Now, now, Jesus is not literally saying, go out and hate your family and so go home and be nasty to your wife and your kids and your, no, he's, that's not what Jesus taught. Remember, Jesus taught us to love our enemies instead of hate them. He taught us to honor our father and mother instead of despising them. He taught, in marriage, for wives to submit to their husbands and husbands to love their wives like Christ loved the church, be willing to die for their wives. But the point remains, Jesus says, your love for family and friends should be far less than it is for Jesus. We're to love everyone less. And it should be obvious that we love Jesus more. Now, this is one of the hardest teachings for me, I find, when it comes to my life, because I, it is hard to, to love Jesus more than our wife, more than our kids. I, I know for myself, as I, as I was reflecting my life, um, so I have three kids. I love them dearly. Um, these are my daughters, my two, my two daughters there, are Grace and Chloe, and there's my son, Byron. Uh, this was taken two weeks ago. We went to Manly Beach, had a great day. I love my kids. And as parents, we know how, what a precious gift our, our children are. Um, we give up so much time, we give up money, we give of ourselves, we make sacrifice after sacrifice, we uh, taxi services for driving our kids around to music and dance lessons and, and um, tutoring, tutoring lessons. We might um, we also make deep sacrifices uh, just in time and, and finances. And why do we do that? Because we love our kids. We love our families. And it's a good and fitting thing for us to do. But Jesus says, you must love me more than that. What you're willing to do for your children, for your spouse, for your grandchildren, for your friends, you should be willing to do much, much, much more for me, says Jesus. Look what he says again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. If you want to be a disciple, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, he's saying, love me more than anyone. Now, there's going to come a time in our life where there will be times when we've got to make a choice. Do we love Jesus more? Are we going to put him first before our family, our friends? When that time comes, who are you going to choose? Jesus or them? Other person. Um, so, my background, uh, I, so when I finished school, I went and started a science degree at Sydney University. And so at, at Sydney University, there was a Christian group called EU, the Evangelical Union, and we used to do missions every, every second year. 
And at my, in my first year out of, um, at EU, we had a, had a mission called Don't Buy the Lie. And I invited a friend of mine, his name was Malik, along to, to come along to the mission. So he, Malik was, came from an Islamic background, he was a Muslim, and he came along to the mission. God did an amazing work in his heart. He became a Christian. Did you know, he, had, he kept it secret for many months from his family. Because he knew that if he told his family that he was a Christian, there was going to be a big cost. But God worked in his heart, and eventually, six to seven months after making a commitment to follow Jesus, Malik told, came out, told his family, I've become a follower of Jesus. Boy, it was costly for him. His family were so upset. Inside, his dad was furious. You brought dishonor to me and our family. And he cut him off. Would not talk to him ever again. At least that was the last time I knew of Malik. Um, we've lost touch. His family cut him off. Let me ask you, would you be willing to do this if you were in a situation that Malik was in? Would you be willing to put Jesus first, even at the cost of losing a relationship with your, with your family? Jesus is calling anyone who follows him to love him more than family, more than friends, more than anyone. A helpful diagnostic question is this. Um, if your spouse, your parents, or another loved one asks you to stop following Jesus, to stop putting him first in your decisions, would you obey them? Would you give up Jesus, give up putting him first? If we put our family first, Jesus says, you can't be my disciple. I've got to be number one. That's the first big thing Jesus says. But he says, put me first, but not only put him before family, put him before your very life. This is what he says next. Jesus says, love me more than your life. Uh, verses 25 and 26 says, If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So we're called to love Jesus more than our families, and we're called to love Jesus even more than our life. Being a follower of Jesus it's a one-way journey, carrying your cross, willing to follow Jesus wherever he wants to take you, even to death. You and I, that's what we signed up for. Being a follower of Jesus means signing up to follow him wherever he will take you. Is that what you signed up for? When you said, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, many olden day missionaries, uh, when they used to travel overseas, uh, to places like India or China to go and share the gospel. Um, it's a little bit morbid, but what they used to do quite regularly, they would pack their possessions inside their coffin because they knew that the only way they were coming back was in it. They were going to go serve Jesus, no matter what, to the point of death in that other country before they would come home. Um, just as soldiers, when they go off to war, they, they know that they may never see their loved ones again. So we who are followers of Jesus, did you know what? You've signed up as a soldier. You're a soldier for Jesus. We've joined a spiritual war. And there are, there are there, there's sometimes people never come back. Sometimes there are, there's a cost. It might claim our life. But unless we're willing to give our own life, Jesus says, you can't be my disciple. Unless you're willing to carry your cross right now, putting me first in everything. 
The challenge is he can't be my disciple. Now, I've heard lots of people say, um, maybe they had some people with chronic pain. They might say, oh, that's my cross to bear. Or maybe there are some people who have relationship problems in their family or at work and say, that's my cross to bear. And it's awful to experience those things, but Jesus is talking about something far greater. He's saying, put me before everything. That's your cross to bear. Love me, serve me before everything. He's talking about total commitment. He's talking about going the whole hog. Now, there was a farmer. His name was Farmer Joe, and all his animals loved him. And uh, one day, uh, the chicken, chicken went up to Pig and said, oh, let's do something really nice for Farmer Joe. Let's give him bacon and eggs. And so, after hearing this, the pig stopped and paused. He said, that's a pretty big commitment. For you, you chicken, you've only got to give up a few eggs. That's just a little bit of a sacrifice. But for me, it's total commitment to give that yummy, crispy bacon. I've got to give up my life. When it comes to following Jesus, what are you more like? The chicken willing to make a small sacrifice? Or are you going the whole hog? Going the whole hog, giving up your life. saying, I'm going to give total commitment to Jesus. We've got to be pigs. Now, but let me say, is this something you've done? Is this something you'd be willing to do? Would you be willing to die for your saviour? Now, today, some of us might be thinking, oh, Jesus is asking too much of me to do this, to be willing to die for him. But I bet in this room, just if you were able to reflect on your life, I bet there would be people you say, I'd willingly die for. I'll die for my wife. I'll die for my husband. I'll die for my kids, my, my friend, because I love them. There are people, I guess, that you love so much that you would willingly, if they're in danger, you'd say, yes, I'll do that. Would you do that for Jesus? Because what Jesus is doing, he's asking, you not, he's asking us not to do anything more than he's done for us. Jesus loved us. He loved us to the point of going to the cross to die for you and for me to take the punishment for our sins. And as you reflect on his love, do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him even to the point of death? Being a Christian is not a hobby. It's something, it's a lifelong commitment. It's what you signed up for when you became a Christian. For Jesus, there is no hidden fine print. He's right up front. You want to be one of my followers? It's going to cost you everything. Now, for many followers right throughout the world, they actually know this cost. Uh, there are many Christians right now who are facing persecution, facing death, facing being put in prison, losing their jobs, being cut off from their families. Uh, if you want to know about this, uh, there are some great websites uh, worth investigating in your own time. Open Doors, great organization who lets us know about what's happening throughout the world. Uh, or Voice of the Martyrs, which is constantly updating um, with prayer points of Christians who have been arrested or are facing death or who have died and so how to pray for their families. Many people are counting this cost. Would you? Now, in the eyes of the world, this is kind of stupid, isn't it? To put Jesus first. It's kind of crazy saying, I'm going to serve Jesus to the point of death. And in the eyes of the world, it is kind of crazy. It's radical. And it is silly unless it's true. Because Jesus has defeated death. Jesus is the king. Jesus has forgiven us. He's died for us. We can know him. And in response to that, we should love him. 
I want to share a little excerpt from this book called Crazy Love. Uh, it was a book that came out about, it was a bestseller about 10 years ago. It's by Francis Chan. And the reason it's called Crazy Love is because it's, it, it's a book that calls us to live in a crazy way for Jesus. And uh, I'd like to read to you about some Christians who were martyred. Francis writes, I don't think it's a coincidence that God has encouraged my heart so much over this past week with the story of three believers who were martyred in Turkey. I'm writing this now in April 2007. And the news about the th- these three martyrs, Tilman, Nakati and Uga, is still fresh. I can't get them out of my mind. They were tortured for three hours in ways that I didn't know were humanly possible. I'll spare you the details, but it was repulsive and horrific. I think of how they must have looked at each other while being tortured with stares that said, just hold on a little longer. Don't deny him. It'll all be worth it. It's been about a week and a half since their deaths. How thrilled they must be right now. I cannot imagine the joy they felt just five seconds after their deaths. I know that when I meet them, they'll say it was so worth it. A hundred or a thousand or a million years from now, they'll still say it was incredibly worth it. Stories about faithful saints like our brothers killed in Turkey are what we'll talk about in heaven. Jesus says, be willing to give up everything for me if you're my disciple. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? But Jesus has shown us crazy love. Let's show crazy love in return. Now, some of us, though, we might think, I never signed up for this. I was always told that salvation was a free gift given to us by God. God's, it's free. Well, it is free. It's extremely costly for God to give through Jesus' death, but it is a free gift. But it will cost you everything. Uh, Let me give you this illustration that will help. Suppose I've come into some money and I, I want to show how much I care about all of you, so... I want to give you all a brand new car, brand new free car. Would you like it? Of course you would. A free car. It didn't cost you anything. It cost me, but it didn't cost you. And you've got a car. But for you to maintain that car, to keep that car, it's going to be costly, isn't it? You've got to pay registration every year. You've got to keep buying petrol for it. You've got to pay for servicing, upkeep, new brakes, new tires, everything to keep it going. It's a great deal, though. A brand new car for free. But it's going to cost you. The same with Jesus. Salvation is free. God says, I want you to be one of my children. It's a free gift. But following will cost you your life. So Jesus says, count the cost. Have you counted the cost? So Jesus gives two stories to help us to think about counting the cost. Uh, Two short parables. The first one is from Luke fourteen twenty eight to 30. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone will see it and ridicule him saying, this fellow began, what, began to build and was not able to finish. Right at the beginning, before you start to follow Jesus, Jesus says, count the cost. Sit down and look at your life. Can you complete it? Can you complete following me? Will you be willing to count the cost? Uh, throughout the world, there are lots of places, aren't there, where people have started buildings. They've built and built it, but then they've run out of money and the building work is incomplete. Jesus says, no, don't be like that. 
sit down, work out whether you can finish the task before you start. Is that something you did when you said, I'm going to follow Jesus? Did you sit down and count the cost? Am I in this for the long haul? Jesus asks us, are you willing to follow me no matter what happens in life? Will you be willing to give up everything for me? Can you afford to follow Jesus? Now, I guess you all probably know, have friends who, or family members who have started following Jesus. But as life goes on, other things have become more important. Could be their family. Could be their work, chasing money, chasing pleasure. Other things have come in and they've given up. They haven't counted the cost. Jesus is saying right at the beginning, count the cost. Can you finish the task? Will you follow me to the end? So when you started following Jesus, I hope you understood that that's what Jesus was asking of you, to follow him no matter what, to go the whole hog. Can you afford to follow him? And there was a second little parable Jesus gave, and it says, can you afford not to follow me? He says, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while, at, while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. So the first little parable was someone had a free will choice to decide whether they were going to build or not. But the second one is, though, can you afford not to follow me? It's, uh, remember, in this story, there's a, there's a king. He's got an army of only 10,000 soldiers and an enemy is coming to get him with 20. Can I, can I win this battle? I'm not. I can't win, so he'll go and try to make peace. In the same way, we have to calculate whether you can afford not to follow Jesus. Because one day the most powerful king in the world is returning and he will invade our little kingdoms. It's known as the Day of Judgment. And when he returns, he's going to see whether someone has put their trust in Jesus or not. Can you afford not to surrender your life to Jesus? Yes, there's a cost in following Jesus, but there's even greater cost in not following Jesus. There is an even greater cost in not following. Yes, you can have to put, maybe you can't put your money before Jesus now in this life, but in the next life to come, who cares about your money? Um, you might have to put your job and career before Jesus in this life, but who cares about your career in the next life to come? It's not going to be around. And the biggest thing though is, if you're not right with Jesus now, you'll be cut off from him forever. Can you afford not to follow Jesus? Following Jesus will cost everything, but it will cost you more if you don't follow him. Now, a question comes to mind. Some people think, well, okay, so Jesus is saying, I need to be willing to put everything before him. And if you look at your life, you might say, yeah, I followed Jesus. But there were times when maybe I didn't count the cost. There were times where I failed, where I didn't stand up for Jesus. Maybe there was a time you stayed quiet about the fact you were a follower of Jesus. Because you were scared what people might have thought. You may have even denied that you were a Christian. Are you still a follower of Jesus if, if you didn't count the cost? If that's you, remember this story of Peter. 
Remember the night before Jesus was betrayed, Peter stood up and said, Jesus, I'll die for you no matter what. I'll follow you wherever I will die. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And that's what happened. Before the rooster crowed that night, three times Peter said, I don't know Jesus. I'm not one of his followers. And he was devastated. He was so ashamed of what he had done. Maybe you've denied Jesus. Denied being a follower. Well, Remember in this case, forgiveness covers, Jesus' death covers even denying Jesus, being a follower of him. You can be forgiven. And remember, Jesus came out and sought Peter and restored him as, a, as an apostle. And remember the story in Acts. Then Peter, from then on, went around and preached the gospel. And you saw time and again, he counted the cost. He was thrown into jail. He faced opposition and persecution. Um, and the, and but, but I suppose our history says that he was executed by being crucified upside down during the first great persecution against Christians. So if you're in the same situation, acknowledge your sin, that you have denied Jesus. It can be forgiven. And with his help, count the cost. But I can't let you off um, lightly because Jesus wants us to put him first. (coughs) So learn from that mistake and ask Jesus and start praying that Jesus would help you to be bold that Jesus will prepare you for that time when you might have to count the cost in a public way. But in finishing up, let me ask you, what, how, what, how has following Jesus cost you? How has, Jesus, how has following Jesus cost you this week? What have you had to give up for him? What have you been willing to give up? I mean, just take this week, for example. I, I see you're here for an hour or so at church. Let's give you, so you give up some time. What else has, have you done for Jesus? Maybe you've given some money, uh, maybe contribute uh, a contribution to the church here, and maybe you have some missionary organisations, but how else have you, I suppose, shown that you love Jesus? Compare that to the amount of time and energy you've given to your friends, your family, your job. Is it evident that Jesus is first? How has following Jesus this week made your life uncomfortable? Have there been sins that you've been tempted to do? But you go, no, I love Jesus. I'm not going to give in. Do you love Jesus more than anything else? Do you love him more than yourself? As you consider those questions, and I need to consider them too, this is what Martin Luther, the great reformer, said. A religion that gives nothing and costs nothing and suffers nothing is worth nothing. Yet on the flip side, imagine what God could do through you if you were fully devoted to Jesus. Imagine the impact this would have on your family, on your children, on your workplace, on this very church. Again, another famous evangelist, John Wesley, he said this, Give me 100 men who love God and nothing else, who hate sin and nothing else, and I will change the world. Devotion to Jesus, this type of life, it changes and impacts people. Could impact this world greatly. You counting the cost? Let me finish with Jesus' words again. (coughs) If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Let me finish by asking for help to do this. Loving Father, this passage is really challenging 
And as we look at this, we're probably aware that in our lives, there are things that we, we, we love more than Jesus. And we're so sorry for this. Help us to count the cost, to put Jesus first. Please help us to see areas that we are putting before Jesus. I pray you'll help us to live boldly, live differently. And, and we pray that in our lives, the, the decisions we make, the way we live, it'll be evident to all that we love Jesus even more than ourselves. And I pray, Lord, that uh, if, you, if we need to do some business with you today, that you'll give us the time to be able to reflect on our lives and reevaluate and put Jesus first. In Jesus' name, amen.